0: Hello, I'm Morgan Streeter and welcome to Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus.
1: Hey there everyone, welcome to the last episode of this series, Untaming, where I just have hoped that you all have gained a little bit of connection Um, to these stories of women finding their way and feeling the vulnerability of life and doing it scared at times and just feeling it and having this awareness to move with intention. And that has been such a gift to hear in all the voices that have come on um, from Ren to Heather, Tessa, and this week, uh, Morgan, one of my kiddos. Uh, She is... A mother of two and well on her way in this world and has been since a very young age a wise soul an old soul i will say um always pushing her boundaries and feeling life acutely in a way um, that she's really had a high trust in herself from a very young age um, a really very fun child to parent always kept life interesting and then as she grew um, definitely challenged me to stand in my truth and authenticity as she um, tried to find hers and I think stands in hers um, and is finding her way so really excited to share this episode um, to round out this series and I hope it's been good for you it's been really good for me um, I also think that it's also healing for the people that come on really to take the time when we take the time to tell our story and to reflect and to think about where we are and um, if it's where we want to be and what's next and coming into the you know, we're in the beginning of 2022 this is a big year for us um, we've been through a couple of years of some really big changes that has invited us to decide what Really aligns with us to push some discomfort in us to make us think about um, how how do we stand in our truth? What are we okay with? What are we uncomfortable about? What boundaries do we need to draw for ourselves and our health and well-being to stay in our integrity? Um, it's been really defining for many. And like I've been home for uh, my family had COVID these last two weeks. And I've been home and I've been really sick. And it slowed me down. And it's also made me understand so much of my behavior and conditioning. It was really hard for me to give into this and to even gauge my level of not being okay, which I'm really glad there's guidelines for. Honestly, I probably would have pushed myself back out sooner than um, I was really ready because it's really exhausting. You can probably still hear I'm a little congested still. Um, And that it's been, oh gosh, 12 days, I think, since I started the symptoms. So really pushed me to slow down and um, I just didn't get shit done. For me to have 12 days at home and not be producing stuff, um, I had to get out of the mindset that it felt like a waste. (laughs) So crazy um, that I just should have been able to like move mountains. And I think that speaks a lot to the time period that we're in right now. Um, And some of us are like, why can't I just do the things I did before and I just want to say it's been my journey of understanding that maybe they just don't belong anymore you know I mean we're asked to rediscover what what aligns with us what um what can we get momentum behind because it's the right thing and maybe it's just taking care of yourself a little bit more maybe it's manifesting this idea of self-love right or unconditional love that we can show ourselves and each other you know what does it take to get us to really explore this way that I feel we came. I don't. It's not just me that I feel this way. This is what the great sages say. We came into the world right as these little light beings with uh, a soul's contract, a soul's journey, and um, I think everything that happens in our life happens for a reason. It's to help direct us. It's to help slow us down. It's to help move us through. Um, But we have to do ultimately the work of raising our awareness to even notice in a world that's asking us to be really distracted. And this is really beginning to shape my work a little to understand that I really want to help people understand the importance, just like working out your, your body and doing a bicep curl or a vinyasa flow to help build your strength and flexibility We need to have some exercises for our brain. We need some bicep curls for the brain and that is about honing our attention. That is about recognizing that our thoughts are not our thoughts, we just have them. They're our thoughts, but they're not, they don't define us. Uh, We just have thoughts, but we begin to live our life in our heads like that is really the true meaning of what our life is. And so, and then it gets pulled, our attention gets pulled by the media, by technology, by all the doing in this busy world that we've lived in, Um, all the stories people are telling, which, you know, we're here on a podcast telling stories. I hope they're ones that help you peel back some of the layers, though, to find the true essence of what brings you joy and doesn't just stress you out because the world is very yangy, very much pulling us outside of ourselves. We need some yin practices in our, our life to balance that out, which is where rest is really important. Um, slow yoga practices where you sink into a posture for three to five minutes and you breathe. Our breath is our gateway to our nervous system. It's also the swinging door between our internal and external world. And it's a way to come home and to nurture and to listen and to slow down, and so then you can understand how busy your mind is, and then you can train your attention through meditation practices to um, help to build the areas of your brain that you need to stay um, authentic in your path. So I'm really I'm developing a course about how to train your brain, <laughs> um, and. I'm also going to be building a course that's particularly towards mothers of either children or people in their life um, that have struggled, have struggled. Um, We can say with substances, but it can be with mental health. It can be with anything. I'm a mother. That's been my journey. How do I stay resilient uh, when I in particular have one daughter that's fallen really hard to addiction? But I have a lot. I have seven children I've raised and they all have um, their bumps, their highs, their lows. How do we stay our course um, despite the responsibility we feel for the people in our life? And when they fall hard, it can be um, really hard to pull ourselves up and move on. And I've done that and I've learned a lot along the way and I've pulled from so many practices and teachers Um, And I've studied how do we stay resilient despite the enormous amount of stress that can come into our lives. And so I really want to build a course and hold circles for mothers in particular that are trying to build a life or continue to build the most beautiful version of their life and stay um, on their path. So that's coming up. And also I think I have a couple really great episodes coming up, heart openers for our month of February so that we can discern about what relationships belong in our life and which ones maybe we need to let go. Uh, What's the work we're doing? Does it align with what's called for now or are we feeling the need for a change? So I think like the buckets when I think about what I'm offering is healing because I think we are all in a place that we need that. And the other is manifesting, but I don't feel like, you know, it's big movement right now. It's more that phase of discovering what life you want to shape for yourself as we've walked through this current time period. Are you staying the course with where you are? That's great if you're like, you know, just digging it and it's all working for you. But if you're a person that's like, oh my God, I'm really uncomfortable. There's so many pieces of my life that don't belong anymore. Um, I'm going to help give you some practices and guidance and coaching to help you find your way through that. And so you can emerge on the other side, um, keeping your light burning strong so you can share that out in the world and live the most beautiful version of your life, whatever that is for you yeah In a lot of gentle practices we are in um, a place where we need that and a lot of permission to do what you need to do for you which might be different than the person standing next to you and that's okay in our energetic um yeah like how um we need to really be careful when other people are directing or taking our energy um how do we trust our intuition Yeah, and how do we reserve and keep our energy and vibration high? So there's a lot that I have to offer in this new year that's coming to fruition. I think you'll see me offering that up in March. Um, Anyone that's been through recovery and is coming back out into the world after they've been perhaps in a residential setting, they can um, join with me in their wellness plan to stay the course of um, long-term sobriety yeah, and build a life that is still incredibly fun without the substances that um, were tripping you up. All right, so I'll define that better. But I just wanted to talk to you about what was coming up for me, as I think I'm going to be transitioning myself um, and creating more time and space for this work and letting go of something that I've been doing for, wow, like three plus decades (laughs) and moving into my heart centered work. So more to come on that. All right. Well, in the meantime, let's get to this episode with Morgan.
2: Hi everyone. Welcome back to this episode. Um, This continues in our series, some younger voices, young adults that I'm um, inviting onto the podcast, which has just been such rich conversation. And I'm so um, grateful for uh, this idea and these young souls coming and being willing to have a conversation with me and with you. And I I know we're gaining a lot. And that's what we're on. We're like on this epic journey, right? All of us and the world's changing. And I just um, love to hear this young energy that is hopeful to me. You know, it's like wrestling around with difficult issues. And it's how we're going to find our way forward. I'm quite sure of it. And today I have um, my daughter, Morgan Streeter back on. Hi, Morgan.
0: Hello. Welcome.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for, for coming back. Um, Morgan and Jesse did an episode a little bit ago as we were ending up the first year of the podcast. And we just talked about uh, as a family, our journey with addiction And um, just who we are a little bit more continuing that conversation. But I've asked both Morgan and Jesse to come back as individuals to talk around this and just to hear their stories and how they're navigating their journey and balancing life and, and looking at all the changes that are happening in the world and sort of their views on them. And so we know a little bit about you, Morgan, already from that prior one, but for anyone who didn't listen to that, um, maybe just give a little bit of uh, who you are and what you're up to right now.
0: So, yeah, um, I am the second oldest. Um, I'm 32. I have two little ones. I have a two-year-old and a seven-year-old. I just bought my grandparents' house. In Jericho, which is close to where my mom and all my family lives, um, which is a little bit different than I thought my life would look like, um, but it's it's been really fun um, raising little ones with family around. I have uh, Beyonce, Danny, this super awesome dad. Um, yeah, I feel super lucky uh there's definitely you said balancing I don't know that we're always balancing but
2: yeah well um I know I was talking to my therapist and I think I've mentioned it on the podcast this idea of balance like you can be balancing while you're like suspended on the edge of something it doesn't it's not necessarily like meaning that things are good it just means you've learned how to balance dysfunction even right totally he he had the word um temporary homeostasis (laughs) like these little maybe we have these little moments where things feel like we can exhale I, I think when I think of balance I think oh I can breathe like I have a little space around things for maybe half a moment you know yeah totally yeah and whenever we get those spaces I feel like that's when we can get clear and i mean we could there's so many things uh Martin's, for a young woman had a really interesting journey um that started out at 17 when she uh finished school and was like got on a train well i and dropped took it out.
0: Out. <laughs> high yeah. school yeah uh, <laughs> yeah so I, I yeah so we live in like a really small town in vermont and all of vermont is just basically a staple with really small towns town and I was just like I was so itching to get out of here. I wanted to I wanted something bigger I wanted something brighter. I just didn't want to see the same faces every day and yeah so I took off um in like May of my senior year and just said, figure out high school later and uh, I and not not without tries I tried other things I tried to do alternative programs I tried to to like go to art school stuff like that and just nothing worked out um so you know I kind of uh kicked in screen through like the last year of school but right at the end I just said I'm leaving and I went to a music festival in May and (laughs) school year ends in June <laughs> not that I probably would have graduated anyways but um oh, yeah. So yeah so I took that yeah and then I just took a train and I kind of kept going and I had friends all over the country so I just kind of kept visiting and then um there's this group of people called the like rainbow family mm-hmm. and they just kind of like travel around on a caravan and have like set up camp in national forests and gather and play music and you know um, kind of look like off the grid and alternately, and so I there was a rainbow gathering in Colorado, and I kind of, like there was just like a bunch of hippies and bands and stuff. So I'm yeah. like something's happening here.
2: I always say Morgan went to your hippie
0: stage for a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't anymore. know. I always think uh, I think the Jack Kerouac book influenced you a little bit. Oh big
0: time. So I had this professor, Mr. Crawl, when or he was a professor's English teacher in sophomore or junior year. And he got me into all, like, like all the beatnik writing, like yeah, Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsburg and stuff like that. And I was just like hooked from there and I was like (laughs) I want like and it's funny because the way that they write is like it's there's nothing poetic it's very choppy and it's very like raw but there was something about that rawness that I wanted and I and I I guess like I mean we lived a very like storybook upbringing and like I don't think I saw the jagged and I like was curious you know mm-hmm. I mean obviously I wanted the beauty too and I found a lot of it out there but I, I think I was just also like I wanted something raw like unexposed and like just true you know mm-hmm. and um I felt like the only way I could do that was kind of out of chaos which is like w- what I tr- did I just kind of went with the wind and traveled and hitchhiked and lived in a van and I didn't put it on Instagram and call it van life. I just did it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know? And yeah, it was very real. And I learned a lot, um, experienced a lot of different things. And yeah, I did like a lot of hitchhiking by myself as like a 17, 18 year old female. And when I tell people that they think that I'm insane. And I think they've seen too many horror movies Mm because like, it's and then one of the biggest things like I had a couple sketchy rides but like it was pretty easy to get out of them but like the biggest thing that I learned is like the majority of people are kind and they want to be kind and they want connection on a human level and they you know are curious about other people and you know like a lot of people that picked me up were like I've always wanted to do that and just travel and like but they just couldn't push off you know
2: yeah well I think it's hard once you get life going a little bit although I mean being a mother of a 17 year old that took off which I think at first my understanding was you were taking the train to stay with your cousin Megan and volunteer in the Grand Canyon which I think but I did do all that yeah (laughs) I did did do all that but I will say Morgan was always a very strong uh, willed person and um, I don't know I I really always knew you'd be okay like I, I there is something that I you're an old soul for sure um, we did have, like, we did not probably set up the best sort of, um, case. by the way, yeah, let us know from time to time. Like we'd hear from you, we'd get some letters and this was, what year were we talking? Are we talking? Is here? this
0: 2007, 2008, 2008?
2: Yeah, so so it was we before, were still, like I had a
0: flip phone yeah, before we I left and then I lost it. my phone. You know? We
2: weren't on Facebook and there wasn't like the level of communication as today. Like I was a
0: missing person for a little while. And I yeah. remember I called and the reason they found out I was still alive is because I called Caitlin from a payphone. Oh, yeah. Like they yeah, don't even so, have pay phones anymore.
2: <laughs> so let me <laughs> back that up a little bit. Morgan had been gone. <laughs> this was August because I remember dad and I were doing the dragon boat racing. We had gone yeah. periodic calls and letters, as I said. And then you said you were leaving Arizona and going to Cal- Colorado to visit a friend. Um, and then, then we got a call from you saying, all my stuff's been stolen. The police are on their way, but I'll call you back. Nothing for two weeks. And yeah. so then we were, after, I was suddenly like at this event and I'm like, we have to go. Like, I we haven't heard from her. And so we got on the plane and we went out there and stayed with my friend, uh, Chantel Knapp, uh, who I grew yeah. up with, who lived in Boulder. And it was funny because the same with her, like she was around, I don't know, 45 ish at the time. And she was like, Oh man, I've always wanted to do that. Like what you've been doing. I think so many people, it does sound very romantic and, and I, you know, it, it was an experience of a lifetime for you, and and we and we did. We ended up listing Morgan as a missing person. We kind of went around with a little picture of her up and down Boulder, and yes, she did. She was just with the rainbow yeah. people. We did find her, and we found some. The other thing is, like Dad and I had an incredible experience of meeting a lot of people that live on the streets that were really interesting and assured us that they'd seen you and your energy was good and you were fine. <laughs> and we were like, all right, well, we're to oh, but well, anyway. yeah and so then we did connect with you but clearly you weren't you weren't we weren't taking her home I know she was like yeah I don't know how hard like no no yeah but we had a better plan for connecting anyway yeah Yeah,
0: so you did that for a while yeah almost like a year or so like that and then I went up to Alaska um and that was kind of a whole journey in itself we have, like, we have... a distant relative. Well, it was my grandmother's brother and his family. Mm-hmm. And they live up there, and they're, like, super hippies. Um, and they live in, like, the small village, native village called Chitna. And I stayed with my Aunt Catherine, who's, like, an herbalist kind of crazy lady. But, no, she's just, like, very off the bean path. Um, I think and... she's just
2: been out there for so long.
0: So long, yeah. And, and she's,
2: yeah, I mean, I love spending time with her. So fun. You have to just be completely.
0: Unstable. You have yeah. to be completely ready to lose yourself in her world, and and which was great in the beginning. But then it was like, okay, like after a few months, I was like, all right, I'm gonna like crawl out of chitna reality and kind of do something different. So yeah, that's and then I started. Then I actually like, I think I came back actually before I went to Alaska. I came back and I like sat for my GED and mm-hmm. I got it. And then I went to Alaska and I went to school up there. After being there for a few months, I I enrolled in the University of Alaska. And I did that for, I, I moved down to Valdez out of Chitna, which is like a, another kind of small town, but like full of a really cool, like a lot of cool people, like the heli skiing and stuff is all out of Thompson Pass. So there's like, you know, a bunch of kind of outdoor extreme like they do like ice climbing the canyons there and stuff um, so there's like a, a small community but filled with like a lot of really interesting people mm-hmm. so I was there for like uh, a little under two years I think um and then I moved to Anchorage uh just because it was like the bigger school and I was getting closer to uh, like graduating so I needed like more classes and stuff um, and I was like kind of sick of the small town I was like all right and, but then I moved to Anchorage and Anchorage is just like a pretend city it's really just like a small town <laughs> it's like yeah. like the downtown is like desolate. yeah exactly <laughs> um but then I yeah then sort I sort of
2: Getting some seasonal, I think the darkness was hard for you there. I remember you being great yeah. and then you dip during those dark months.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah it would. the summer is like people just go balls to the walls in the summer because it's like light out literally for 24 hours. So people just like drink and party and just like, you know, go out on the river and just like, you know, like I remember I mean, we would eat dinner at like nine or 10 o'clock every night. Cause you'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe it's nine o'clock. Cause it's like, your body just can't comprehend that it's still yeah. daylight out that late. Um,
2: I went twice to Alaska, both times in July. And yeah, we were out dip netting at 2 AM. Like, right. yeah, the sun yeah. doesn't set, but for a hot second. And yeah, it was beautiful and buggy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is spiky. Um, but
2: it is. People say like Alaska is the final frontier, and it was. It like took my breath away the first time I went up there with my mom to visit her brother, and it really, it really is beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's so beautiful, and like, yeah, I mean, I remember Jamie and BJ came to pick me up from the airport, and it's like. <laughs> I was like, are you sure the band's gonna make it back? <laughs> so yeah. It was like three hundred miles or something. The cars were always a little Yeah, empty. I was yeah. like, uh, and like literally, whenever you drive into China, you'd be like, did I just like go back to nineteen yeah. seventy? So it was like, yeah. like I remember, I was there in two thousand nine, and it was the first time the police had ever been in China, and like oh, everybody wow. got pulled over, and nobody had a license <laughs> or <laughs> inspection or anything like that, you know? And it's yeah. like this big
2: deal. It was and, for uh, me though when I went. And I'm sure anyone listening that life feels like overly full and you kind of dream of stepping out of reality. That's what happens. You know, it really, I mean, it totally definitely reset my priorities and view of life, which I had just been like checking off the list of all the things you do for like a successful, like you said, picture perfect life. Yeah, Like you're doing your life. You're not really in it and something about being there. And even though there are natives and then there's a lot of really interesting people that are just like, I'm just not doing that thing.
1: They're living
2: off the grid. And, um, you know, it just opens your eyes to take a breath and realize how expansive it can be, you know, and to reconnect with yourself.
0: It slows you way down. I mean, and it makes you, realize like this kind of like progress trap that we've put ourselves in yeah. where it's like oh like convenience stores and like like there's no running water there there's no electricity if you want to take a bath you have to go get water out of the river start a fire and mm-hmm. make a sauna essentially yeah. in the bathhouse and there's something um like something about like a serving yourself in that way like it's like you're taking this time to to you know create this space so that you can nurture yourself Mm -hmm. and you know and it's things like that that allow you to slow down and yeah I mean realize the the preciousness of life I think yeah I mean I played a lot of music while I was there I read a lot I wrote a lot um yeah and we did all I mean I, I worked a lot with plants which was always kind of like magical in itself you know yeah but um and I feel like when you're slow down and you get in that space, like the universe's signs become so much more clear. Mm. Like I remember one day I was up we I took the four-wheeler and we went like way up above the tree line because she wanted to get um like crowberries mm-hmm. and they grow really low on the ground, like above the tree line. Yeah. And we were up there and like I was like, I want to find a crystal because there was an old crystal mine. And I looked down and there was one right by my feet and it was like okay and like when we were looking we were like on this like lookout point and it was like as far as you could see there was no one and it was Mm. like mountain ranges after mountain ranges after mountain ranges Mm. you know and like there's something like super powerful about that you know yeah um but yeah and then we saw like a black bear while we were up there and it's like just things like that become I think a lot more um like vivid, I guess.
2: Yeah. Like you're more intimately um, interfacing with life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The I mean, dist-
0: distractions are gone.
2: Yeah. I think for people that live there forever, I mean, we also know there's a lot of alcoholism there. There's a lot of struggle there. Totally. Um, because we're talking about stepping out of this life and going to that life. For for me, it was for a couple of weeks, for you, for a couple of years. And, no, you know, and, and kind of riding that wave and then moving on you know right i'm not sure i could those winters yeah yeah, long the winters
0: and like there's um something very raw about people who stay there for a significant amount of time and there's something i mean the i think the thing is like you know with like native communities it's like they lived in communities if you live like Mm -hmm. as humans i don't think that we're meant to be solo creatures or meant to Mm -hmm. be living without i mean i mean i think that's what gives us worth and you know and Mm -hmm. and guides us is our community and the people around us and so um definitely you can notice people who have been in the woods for too long they totally like lose and miss social cues and Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah it's
2: it's interesting but yeah that that's a something I appreciated there even though there was a lot of sometimes conflict because I would say like they didn't just make policies for their town they actually had to live by them because they were so small you know like oh you're not caught in this melting pot that's so big that you're like you know you're you don't have to really be intentional you really do or you're called out on it and so as much as they they did held held a each other accountable they also had each other's backs when times were tough and totally. that sense of community and connection that sense of belonging which I have touched upon a few times and it's really what this podcast is about is telling our stories so we feel this sense of community and belonging because we are not alone and we need to not feel alone that's um that can lead to um you know a lot of our mental health issues so totally yeah we've become a little bit different in this country but I think if the pandemic's done nothing it's maybe helped us connect in in new ways it's in some ways virtually yeah. because we can't be in person but, I know right yeah totally. all right so so you were then you left Alaska and I went to California, California.
0: I went to Oregon for a couple of, like times while I was in California but that was different um but so yeah then I went to Northern California. Um, I remember visiting like me. Arcata and Humboldt mm-hmm. County. And that was like also a very magical time. I had like the best friends, like, um, I had, so I like trimmed pot because that's like what they do in Northern California. Yeah, So it's like, money. you know, we would go up, like they call it on the hill and we would like trim and make like really good money, meet really wonderful people. And then like, just go and like dance. Like we'd go to like music festivals or go like out and like, I had like an awesome group of girlfriends and we were all kind of like young and single and like, you know, like for Stephanie and Kristen, like it it was like their first time kind of out of the house. They were from Southern California, but like, Mm. you know, it was their first kind of journey. And I, I had a house right in town and like, it was just, it was so much fun. Like it was just so much fun. Um, But yeah, again, I was there for a year. I got kind of restless. So then I went to Hawaii. (laughs) Um, Well, because actually our relatives from Alaska had a piece of land and a cabin in Hawaii. So I went there Um, because I actually came back home, I think, for the holidays or something, just to visit. And I was supposed to go back to Alaska and I finished. I had like a year left of school and I was going to go back and finish. And I was like, I really don't want to go back to the cold and dark. Like, mm-hmm. I just really, really don't want to. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: And I remember you being like, well, then you shouldn't. And I was like, oh my God, I just got like freedom. Like, I remember just like that simplicity thing of somebody being like, well, then you shouldn't, you know, because I was like, yeah, again, that like really innate thing, like you should do what you're supposed to do. Like you're mm-hmm. so close or like, you know, and school has always been like valuable and important to me. but. I just couldn't I could not go back to the cold and dark um so yes I went to Hawaii they had a sister
2: school there or something right
0: yeah they did have it so yeah Yeah. Alaska and Hawaii have sister schools uh University of Hawaii and University of Alaska are pretty like like you can transfer back and forth um Mm -hmm. and yeah so that was my big pull to go back there and when I was there i had a lot of fun that was another magical place in journey um I did a lot of surfing a lot of beach bumming um I had really great friends I was there for uh, I don't know three years before yeah. um well I think what I was met really- my daughter's father there um, and um so that was kind of like a big part of it um or at least it became a big part of my journey because I brought another life into the world.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I I will say, you know, Morgan, you did this all on your own, you know, like you would go and you would work, but you know, there is something that I, it's nice to capture and we'll compare there to where you're at today. And, and, um, and yeah, what how we, how we live. Um, I don't know how we take that with us, and and what that keeps untamed in you, maybe a little bit. But it was a time; it was a snapshot of time in your life where you really could just embrace life. You didn't have a lot of responsibilities, but yourself.
0: You met. Yeah. I mean, I
2: think you attracted um, really great experiences and people to you, and you. I mean, were yeah, always that's, able. Yeah, to I mean, I what you That's to been like. Yourself.
0: Yeah, my biggest lesson is like when you when you go. It's you know when you go out into the world in general like the energy that you put out is what you're going to receive Mm -hmm. like a hundred million times tenfold like Mm -hmm. if you if you put negativity out there that's what's going to get back to you and if you put positivity and you like really try to manifest like this good space and time it freaking happens it just does and I don't know if some people call it God some people call it astrology whatever it is like it's a thing and there's something Mm -hmm that's so powerful about it Mm -hmm.
2: yeah well i think i mean i think it falls in the laws of attraction i think it falls into you know what we um you know just energetically we do connect you know the, the subtle bodies the energetic souls that we are you know um and we've probably all seen it play out both ways what i think i love about talking to you about this time and then jumping in my head for half a second early in life, things are just so clear, like the slate is so open, (laughs) you know, for clarity, and you didn't have a lot. I mean, you were building your life, and you were having this experience. um, And you were able to just go to that next thing. Like, this is like, I think what we all desire is to have this clarity of like, um, just knowing what our heart is pulling us towards versus all the external influences in our life right? And, mm-hmm. and of course, like you then had a child, your life changed. When we have children, we're not just doing life for ourselves. Um, but again, how do I mean, you know, there's varying views on becoming a parent, like I like think some people say our, our children choose us for whatever they need to learn in this lifetime. And um, for me, like one of the balances, I'm jumping around a little bit, to, but today, I've been thinking about this, like, how do we maintain that sense of self and what our journey is and what we need um, versus like we brought these children into the world and we love and support them. But, you know, I think it's really a challenge to understand and let them have their journeys without us inner inserting ourselves too much or sucking the life and energy out of us too trying to make them what we think they should be or um, yeah, which I, I think you're pretty good at. But anyway. We
0: can... i mean yeah like uh we talked we t- talked about this a little bit before we started recording but like i have two children i love them but being a mother was never my identity it was never my calling it was never something that i just ingrainedly was like i want to be a mom like i don't even really remember playing with dolls it was like a caitlin thing i just played yeah. with them because they were there you know yeah. um and like you know, I, I love my kids. Don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm totally struggling as a mother to figure out how to not just completely be absorbed by them and by Mm -hmm. that identity. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, parents make sacrifices every day. That's all we do is make sacrifices for our family and for our things, you know, for for our kids and for their needs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when they're little, you know, they're, there and you know a spinning, evolving little universe in their own you know light, and they just it takes a lot to juggle it to to work and to keep a household and you yeah, know, just to feed the things you know. Like <laughs>
2: <Well, laughs> now, I mean, you've all just heard a little bit of of Morgan's story up to that, becoming a parent, and now she's probably the I wouldn't have really anticipated being the pre soul that she was that she'd be buying my parents' house. You know, and living here in Vermont with two children, working yeah. at a corporate job, which, you know, she'll clearly state she, she has a bi- international business degree, this, she needed to buy this house. This is like how she got herself into this job, which I'll let you speak about the pluses and minuses of that. But again, that struggle of like doing what you need to and that, but mm-hmm. still having, again, back to that untamed part within our soul of Mm -hmm. how we want to be showing up and moving through the world and the challenges around that.
0: So yeah, so so I I had Adelaide in 2014, I was 25. And um, right after I had her, we moved to California for a little bit. And I ended up moving back. And that's part of the reason why I stayed here is because I just, it became so clear to me that raising champions children without a support system and without a community and for that that looks like like my biological family it's just not feasible it's just not sustainable at least for me and my journey and Mm. so um being here while the kids are young just it makes sense to me but yeah I literally live like a quarter of a mile from the high school (laughs) I went to (laughs) <laughs> I don't you had to my 16-year-old self that I would be like over my dead body. <laughs> I think. Okay. So, but well, yeah. They're
2: not always as we think they're going to be, but I yeah. think they're all exactly as they're meant to be.
0: Totally. And like, yeah, yeah we moved into um, the house. Uh, in February like three weeks before the pandemic hit and before that we were living on a in you know on the third story in a tiny two-bedroom apartment in town with the four of us I just had mm-hmm. Teddy so I was like no stinking way and we didn't obviously like this was before the pandemic had made its big debut so we didn't know but yeah it was like you know that that centricity of the world it was like oh thank god that we have we can just walk out into the yard because we were all home for months Um, But yeah, so yeah, so we moved in there. And I had had Theodore, I just graduated from college, I went back to school locally, um, and finished my degree in 2019. I had Teddy that summer. And then I kind of, you know, had a couple different jobs, but I landed here. um, Which is, yeah, it's a huge insurance corporation. And I do um, admin stuff. And it doesn't at all speak to my um, assets. Like every, everything I do kind of goes against my natural instinct. Um, but it you know, being in this place where it doesn't speak to my strengths, it's, it's made me kind of pull up and wrap around in ways that I hadn't had to before, um, and kind of pay attention to the small details or, you know, be very organized or very like, um, uh, kind of in that streamlined space. And so it's allowed me to, I feel like be a, a like as a professional, more well-rounded because. They're areas that I definitely sh- have str- struggled with um, in that it's, yes, very, like, acute and small versus, and I've always kind of been this, like, big picture outer world, 50-footer, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and wanting to move mountains. And I feel like I'm just building anthills all day and mm-hmm. making sure they're, like, dynamically perfect, you know, like, <laughs>
2: like. Well, I mean, it's a lot of finance, right?
0: Right. So, yeah, there's yeah. that, too. There's um, yeah.
2: that. And I, you know, I think of you as a right, like, you know, you're just a, a lot of creativity. So like, I do think it's an opportunity, though, sometimes things come that balance us out, right, that build yeah. on our strengths and, and yeah. bring up our weaknesses, I guess, um, because some of those are fundamental, like we can have all the talents in the world. But if we don't have some sort of touching down point to land our plane and give it direction, then we can mm-hmm. just be like swirling around in circles. So.
0: Exactly. Which I yeah. totally have, like, um, I think I kind of stayed in this like, upper space when I was younger for so long and just kind mm-hmm. of, you know, with like, oh, that doesn't sound like fun. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, you know? And yeah, once you have children you kind of have to, um, you have to provide and you have to make, have this kind of base level of groundedness, mm-hmm. um, And I very like this is societally what we think groundedness looks like and should be this base level, of Mm -hmm. you know, and like the hierarchy of needs. Um, Then, yeah, you have to kind of just go with the pace, which was something i never like traditionally, which I guess like innately is very challenging for me to just Mm -hmm. like nod my head and go, yep, that's what that's what we should do when I'm like. Really, I'm over here like daydreaming, and you know what I mean. Like I, I'm.
2: Well, I I also feel like I've heard from you, Morgan, that you've seen people work like ridiculous hours there. And you've said from yeah. the beginning, even though at first I know you were like, Oh, it's kind of nice to get up and adult and be out after being home for a couple of years and having, yeah. you know, being nursing and, you know, having a baby and everything. So there's a part of you that obviously loved being out in the world, but then after not that long, you were like, well, this is ridiculous. And it kind of gets me back to like this time of change and how, um, you know, clearly you said right away, like, this is, sucking the life out of people. Like, is I think the question I hear is like, is this really necessary? Like, is there another way we can go about this and still have the same results?
0: Yeah. Well, and so I, the corporation that I work work for is an international corporation. And so I have a lot of trainings and stuff with people all over the world. We're like the only country that works 40 hours. Everywhere Mm. else works 30 or 32. Mm. And like when, like in France, it's like illegal to answer your phone when you're not at work. Like Mm -hmm. you can't work on the weekends. It's illegal. You know, and I think that we're missing something here in the States and in our and it's not everywhere. There's it's definitely a cor- corporate culture here that people are overworked, and it's to gun and it's to try to get everything done in a little amount of time. And I just consistently find myself in that like stiff, sh- shallow breathing place,
1: mm. and it's just not
0: healthy for me. It's just not. It's not a space that I do well, and it's not a space that I know physically is good for me. Um, and I. No, it's not good for me mentally either oh, yeah. and um and I you're not um, yeah. I feel like it's like not um I'm, I'm I've I've had some growth here but I'm not growing anymore yeah <laughs> but that, yeah I mean that and that's I mean they're, they're talking about how right now is like the great resignation because I think people are reflecting on, on what what's valuable to them and you know, a lot of people in the service industry are like, I'm not working Christmas anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not losing weekends with my family. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, I, you know, it's a half hour for me to come in every day and a half hour for me to get home. So if I work an eight and a half hour day and take that or nine hour day and take a lunch, that's 10 hours I'm gone from my family. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't do that. I won't do that. So often then I skip lunch so mm-hmm. that I can have that extra half hour with my family on the tail end Mm -hmm. but that's still that's not I get home and it's 5 30 it's time to make dinner do bath time and go to bed yeah it's like and
2: and there's no time for you in there also I'll point out for our own self-care you know and I say Morgan I think you're you're saying it's happening there it's happening everywhere I mean it happens in medicine you're just of a of a knowing of an awareness that you're feeling it, you recognize the toll it's already taking on you. And sometimes for some people, it takes a lifetime of that. Or I honestly think there's some people that uh, self-worth is struggling so much that they just think it's that I do think they think it's just them that they should be able to buck up and, and do it. And honestly, like after 35 years, um, in medicine, it is the mentality like that, you know, that's just what you did, but not anymore. It doesn't belong anymore. We know that it's, it's killing us at many levels and there has to be another way of doing it, which you've spoken to. And
0: when well, I um, don't even, I don't even think that it's conducive to productivity. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think it's like, I don't, I don't think even,
2: it is. And I think we know it isn't, but right. people are so afraid to change the paradigm. It's, it's
0: crazy. It's true. yeah, it's like the paradigm or the narrative change. It's like, you know, kind of, I mean, COVID's done this in a good way that it's allowed a lot of people to go remote. And we never did that shift because, oh, we have to work out the kinks with telecommunication mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever form, Zoom, WebEx, whatever you use. And people weren't willing to take that time because what what work will be missed? What important things will be missed? Mm -hmm. Um, But it you know kind of forced everybody to, and it forced everybody to take uh, that deep breath and step back. And I mean, majority of my office is working remote, and there's people have no intention of coming back. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's very much down to the bare bones of it. It's like office spaces have white walls with gray cubicles and fluorescent lights like how on any level does that like fuel productivity or like a space of creativity or ingenuity or innovation it doesn't yeah it's just a stagnant space and we can feel it in the air you yeah. know and
2: it's so interesting how we've just been led into all this you know and we kind of just were so malleable and so I don't know. I mean, I just see how we just go with the flow because it's what we think the people that know what they're doing are directing yeah. us towards, or it kind of silently just happens. You mm-hmm. know, when those little cubicles started going up, and yeah, so so much there, but yet we never gave people the skills to know how to come in and leave their energy behind that wasn't serving them or the people mm-hmm. around them. I yeah. mean, this whole like social emotional stuff is like so important
0: yeah well yeah. Like, i do think along with that, the physical space and- yeah i do think that the younger generation has more awareness of it and like in some degree like you know they talk about how like millennials or whatever are like snowflakes and like that we've created all these safe spaces and stuff mm-hmm. and like i think you know some of that i do think we've overdone but in some to some degree i think that one thing it has led to is people are setting healthier boundaries mm-hmm. and they're setting um like I feel like we kind of got dragged into like um the slaughter, you know, it's like we got set up for failure because mm-hmm. it's just like the type of American dream that was sold to us is not sustainable and it's not attainable. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so and- looking for
2: different ways of going about that. So do you have like if you could just dream for a little bit, <laughs> you know, how what would that look like? I mean, I know it's a great time to challenge systems and ways. And, um, you know, what, what could that look like for you? Do you know, or?
0: I mean, I, I, I know that I could not work fully remote because I need community. I need human interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, yeah, like I'm a social person. So I, I need that like office camaraderie. So, I would have to have, um, I guess I could work remotely if I had that in community and other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I, I think for the young children, I just, I need like flexibility um, too. So yeah. I, mean, I think it would look like work like i mean ideally working 30 hours a week would be Mm -hmm. wonderful yeah but but making a livable wage and having benefits too you know um and usually once you go below 32 or whatever i guess i could wear 32 hours a week whatever but you know what i mean being sad i do know i think it's
2: so reasonable to yeah want to be able to live off that um and here in the state of vermont though with the covid um your situation is a little different, but like housing prices for people are so ridic- ridiculous. I don't know how yeah. anyone could do yeah, that. I mean,
0: if we didn't buy from Green and we wouldn't have been able to yeah. buy here or stay here long term yeah. because I mean, people are moving up from the city and paying like all cash and asking mm-hmm. above asking price, no inspection stuff. That's like unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of my friends who are, yeah, and they're, their you know mid to early 30s are just renting or moving away yeah yeah because they just simply cannot afford it here yeah
2: or looking for I mean I I do think COVID has brought and even before COVID like it is a good time with the internet with all our social media platforms there's a lot of ways to build your career outside of an office you know and I think um it, it is for people just beginning and that don't have a lot of responsibilities yet. It is um, kind of like such a beautiful time to embrace your passions and see if you can make them work.
0: No, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, and yeah. that was like, that was one of the reasons I'm in the position that I'm in is because. I knew that I needed to get the house. I needed like a 401k, mm-hmm. forty hours very cut and dry for the bank to be like you're our girl. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately those are the
2: systems that were still Exactly.
0: In. Exactly. And um,
2: but I know Morgan and um, his girlfriend Ren or Ren who produces the back end of the show was they were showing me this guy. He's called the liver, liver man, I guess. And he is someone that's just like, uh, he's a, guy, a man with a family, but he lives his life like he was a Neanderthal or like in the olden days. So he replicates yeah. everything in his life as if he were like pulling oxen to go to the store and he eats liver all the time. That's, he's yeah. making like tons of money, like he's supporting no, his family. I know, isn't it? Doing that. So, I mean, sometimes I just think if there's some wild, untamed part of you that you want to explore, like, I just wonder, like, what if you did, even if it was like your freak flag that was just different, I think we're just looking for like, how do you embrace this life? How do you enjoy it? How do you stay resilient? You know, how do you make it meaningful? Like to him, he feels like he's being like uh, impactful, obviously, in some way. He's incredibly fit. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, But,
0: uh, but, and I mean, it makes people laugh. So what's better than that, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, what, what is important? And I think it's time for us to, I mean, I'm doing that every day after I've been in a career for 35 plus years, I'm every day saying, well, what is it I want to be doing with my time now, you know, that actually, and and it's hard, it's hard to break this, this way of being and know like, well, that's enough. Like, you don't have to like be in this professional lens. You know, if it comes from your heart, maybe that's really what the world needs more now than ever,
1: right. you know, is
2: us to be the truest version of ourselves yeah. and to find and be quiet and still and feel what really lights us up inside. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, and, that's, and I, that's what I feel like. I feel so wound up and so busy right now and so in this rushy space that I feel like I don't even have the time to slow down enough to know what that is
2: right that's and kind that, of like a burnout situation exactly and yeah. that's
0: the thing that I'm like I don't want to get so far away from it that it's like my life is just so damn I can't find it you know yeah. what I mean because it's like so I'm just kind of like, yeah, I feel like I'm burning out the cantaloupe both ends or whatever that saying is. Yeah. Where it's like, it's just not I can't do it because I am like in my personal life, I'm okay with like giving everything to my family, but I need some balance. Yeah, and Like
2: And like, the balance your job the is theater eating
0: you alive. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah, I mean, it's like and but it I also recognize that being having young children and working full-time it is hard to find that space and time
2: yeah and
0: so it's like I just I don't want to like jump ship and be like oh I should just need to set my intention better to be to do more self-care mm-hmm. to do you know whatever mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I mean, it's a really fine line. It's hard to figure out.
2: It is hard. I agree. And I think for me, what I've done in those situations is where can I pull in help? Where can I find moments for myself? And if, if I can't, well, then the change needs to happen. If I make all those changes and it's still a struggle, which I recently did when I was working at sauna and at the hospital, and like, okay, I've pulled in as much help as I can. I'm still, it's not enough, like, you know, and so obviously, I have to make a change, you know, and so I think it's hard. um, But those are like, we all need our processes. And I think that's really nice. I mean, to talk to you now, it was interesting, I'll just say what I personally observed this conversation is a lot of energy coming from you when you talked about your journey, and then a little overwhelm as you talk about your current state of being. And so, you know, that's and, and, yeah. And so I think, and that's, that's like, we'll have Morgan swing back on once she's in the midst of a transition, you know, and she's been talking about this for a little bit now. And, and I know um, that's coming. So it'll be interesting for you to come back and share and <laughs> to see, or I'll share for you if you don't come back on, but I think we could, because I think it's really real what you're going through. It's like, yeah. but you're, some people don't get there till they've been in their career for 10, 20 years not your generation. You're there a couple of years. You're like, uh, uh-uh, uh no, yeah. this is sacrificing my soul and my health. Something needs to change. Yeah. yeah
0: totally. And that's what
2: you're in the, and, and you know, as I was saying to you earlier, like, Sometimes it can be overwhelming. It can make us sad and feel defeated. But really, like if you can begin to look at it as like an incredible opportunity to relight the like the light is coming, you know? Or it's coming, yeah, 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 because exactly. you've gotten to that place. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, I'm kind, I'm kind of right at the cliff now. I feel like I've yeah, started my feelings out there, but once I start to have those conversations with people and there's new the opportunities that fill me and make me yeah. feel that lightness. It'll be good right now. I'm just kind of like, yeah, don't walk out. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) You have a mortgage to pay. Yeah, but I will remember
2: you saying earlier today, like, you attract what you put out there. So maybe even if you lay in bed at night and you take a few minutes or before you, well, I won't say before you get out of bed because the kids probably wake up before you do, wake you up. But you know, just to take a few moments and say, what am I attracting into my life? You know, what am I looking for? Not even the thing, but like the energetic thing,
0: right? The balance,
2: the things you started to just say, I feel like we're turning this into a little coaching session, but I just don't think you're alone or a mother daughter session. Like you're not alone in this struggle. It's very real. You're going through it now. I have been through it many times in my life, even though I haven't left the hospital. I've certainly left switched up what I've done many, many, many times. Yeah. So as we grow and change, and you know, it's a beautiful thing to to not just put your nose to the grindstone. That doesn't fit anymore.
0: No. No. It doesn't work. Well, and like it doesn't really pay off anymore. It's exactly. like I have been grinding for the last year and a half. Like I see no prospects of like promotion or moving forward, you mm-hmm. know? And because I just I think like, yeah, the place to be in for our generation is to use your ingenuity and use your innovation. And the, the industry I happen to work in is very matter of fact. And mm-hmm. which works I for also, some people. It does. It totally does. But works I, for some I do think if you can um, find your niche, because I do think it's challenging, because I think the older people are hanging on to the better jobs mm-hmm. too for longer mm-hmm. because retirement isn't what it once was.
2: Yeah. That's true too. So,
0: and yeah. it, it, I think that's a, it's a dynamic that's definitely relevant and it's just mm-hmm. going to become more relevant too because mm-hmm. of like the situation with social security and stuff. So
2: yeah. Right. You know, I think we're in a hot do, mess with all Yeah, exactly. All mm-hmm. Which is kind of why we need like new ways of, you know, like I, as I even say to the, the young, you know, to your um, nieces and nephews that live with me, like, I don't like I know you need your education, but I don't after after high school, I don't really know, like, I don't know what the jobs of the future look like, but I right. know they're different. And they yeah. the last two years has totally blown everything out of the water. Mm-hmm. You know, some things that healthcare workers obviously still need, but I do think we need to restructure how we do healthcare, um, yeah. we need to tear that apart so and I think that's true probably in so many different directions so totally. yeah you're there you're you are driving the change and you're about to, to like do that now so I'm excited yeah. for you
0: yeah I'm excited too I I feel like I I also am not quite sure which direction but yeah again just gonna yeah. put that manifestation out into the yes. world and something that'll come
2: and that's what I was also talking a little bit about astrologically. I think our consciousness is the rate is being asked to raise um, up to a we- level of awareness of how we are um, moving through the world, that we're not just fitting ourselves in containers anymore that don't fit mm-hmm. and that we're really living um, the most awakened version of our lives. Yeah. So sometimes mm-hmm. we have to feel like we have to feel one extreme to sometimes to get us to go to the other, right? We, have to know what we don't want to know what we want.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, the struggle is part of life. Nobody's going to sail through. And like, yeah. the, you know, that rough pouch is just, like what builds character. And, yeah. you know, that's part of it all. But yeah, I mean, I think hundred percent. You can't know who you are until, you know, like, you know, you struggle a little who bit. Pull on, yeah. yeah who not, I'm like, you know, pull, pull on those strings that are challenging.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, an opportunity like this opportunity came up for you. It was absolutely the right thing in the moment. And we mm. look to people that went before us to what they're doing and what we perceive as happy. And we think that that might fit. And often mm-hmm. we get in those places and it's either just not the right thing for us, or it just in general is like, that person wasn't really that happy anyway. And I've met a lot of people in my years that are just like really afraid of change. And it is scary, especially when you have people that are relying on you. I mean, I understand that. Yeah, fully. Yeah. But I think we can, I still think we can find our way. Totally. Yeah. Morgan, so how do you stay resilient? Since I always like to share that on this uh I think you've shared last time a couple things laughter I remember being a big one
0: yeah um I guess yeah I mean one of my like at least professionally if to, Mm -hmm. to say resilient to continue to go like I feel like I really have to be able to see like a growth space or a growth mindset or you know something to work towards or propel mm. forward mm. and so I guess kind of this like forward motion of um yeah growth expansiveness yeah or something. yeah exactly um yeah stagnation just sucks <laughs> it yeah. does it's just uncomfortable and you know like if we're not like growing and learning and educating we're not blossoming you know mm-hmm. and you know what happens when you don't blossom you die so, <laughs> you know like, our nature
2: shows us that all the
0: time exactly yeah like it's the way you know although uh, some yeah. things
2: have to die to be rebirth you know right like that too right all those <laughs> cycles All those things uh well Morgan thanks for sharing your your journey I I always think it's a beautiful one I hope you write about it someday I really do think that you have a lot to share there but at least you told a little bit of it here and I appreciate that I'm sure the people listening brought up maybe some things and people that they had untamed part of themselves that they still long to experience in this lifetime just remember it's our one precious life here so right you know Yeah,
0: I seriously, I feel like that's so important. It's like we're just not promised anything, and if you're just not living every day to your fullest, you know, what's it, what's it worth? You know, yeah. I know it's hard. Trust me, there's days where I'm like, "Well, that was a wash," but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but so I try. Nice. We can have bits, yeah. and they
2: all belong. Like we don't have to be Wonder Woman every day. Exactly. In fact, we need the days to like. What did my my mentor Bina say, like just sit in front of Netflix and eat Reese's Pieces right. all day if that's what you need to do. Which is exactly. I found is really not how I rest. But you know, for some people it is. For me, yeah. I really uh like I need to get out in the woods. But yeah. I'll watch, you know, I've really been watching a little Ted Lasso, which I have to say has been really good. I don't know yeah. if you've watched that. Uh uh-uh. oh. It's a it's a it's he's, yeah, anyway. Anyone that hasn't watched it, if you want a show about like being uh uh, I don't know. Ted Lasso is just kind of a goofy guy that's um down to earth from Kansas that goes to coach um a, a soccer league in London
0: and he's uh, just
2: like I don't know. I'm not describing it well, but it's about kindness. Yeah. It's about kindness and yeah. um community and connection. So Interesting. Morgan, you are always a light in my life and I yeah. um I always say like uh, my sister wrote it on one of your cards one year and I've always felt it so true like you're just a flower in the bouquet of life that everyone is blessed to have that has you in it I feel that way you're, you are very colorful and bright light and you've always made my life very interesting, <laughs> very interesting. <laughs>
0: I can promise you that <laughs> love you so much thanks again uh, love you too mom time. yeah thank you for having me
1: So that wraps up another episode of Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus of which you are one and thank you so much for being here. I think our stories are powerful they connect us and they make us stronger right collectively we can move forward and heal and find our way find our north star and then maybe shine the light on the path for somebody else. Another way you can support this is to send me a rating, a comment, those things help. If you know someone that might enjoy the podcast, please share. And you can also find Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus on Instagram and Facebook. And also I have a personal um, Instagram, Mindful Living VT, which is more around my coaching and um, guiding and inspiring and some of the other offerings that I have additionally uh, my website is marystreeter.co you can find some other things over there so thanks again for being here have the best day find something to celebrate and don't forget the power of the plants